In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. It's a tight end special, and I'm here with the guru himself, Jack Duffin. Jack, how are you, buddy? I'm good. Into the second week of roster articles, and thank you everyone that's been listening along, reading them, sharing, retweeting them. Um, thank you so much for that. It's it's been a, a really well received first three articles. Um, one person that's just deeply unhappy that Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt aren't both going to be on the roster forever. Um, <laughs> other than that um everything's gone down really really well have you had any death threats i haven't no um no, no nothing um nothing yet uh even even the wide receiver article i don't think really anyone complained about it um i i think basically if you're following me by this point you know that there's a realism that it can't go on forever the way it is um and hey i People have started to accept it. Um, maybe they'll run it back for one last year, but I just can't see it. Well, let's talk about the tight end room. Uh, it's a room that we're super pumped, super packed, and super excited about. Yeah, for me, it's basically in terms of the all the way from the top to the bottom of the roster, you could run it all back, and I think everything would be fine. Um, but we're going to go into some sort of decisions because it's not just looking at this one year. Um, but just looking across the league, the league as an average is 3.4 tight ends per roster. Um, it's obviously going to be a four because of the uh, schemes to fancy plays. With two tight ends, you need four on the roster. Um, so I think we start off with the main guy. There's only really one starting tight end. And then you've got sort of two rotational tight ends because we do play a few three tight end schemes. Um, and there you want a little bit of variation ideally between your tight end two tight end three for doing slightly different things but um you know we start off with a big guy that's going to play nearly all the snaps and based on sort of the contract and what we saw last year that guy is austin hooper came in with a lot of fanfare um when he was signed um for a very short period was the highest paid tight end in terms of dollar value in the league um which was soon overtaken by kelsey and kittle um but weren't particularly great if we're honest um he's an above average tight end don't get me wrong um according to pff finished 21st last year so not really what you want to see you want you're expecting him to at least be top 10 ideally top eight um to earn that money so he, he had that breakout season in 2019 um but what we saw in 2020 was basically a return to his 17 18 sort production um Fingers crossed, I think the one upside that we can hope for is if we get sort of two more deep threat wide receivers, and we sort of focused on that earlier um, last week, then that will hopefully free up a lot of that middle range and we'll get a lot more yak, a lot more yards after the catch and sort of his production and efficiency will rise. Um, but yeah, I, I was disappointed. Where, where did you sort of stand on Njoku's production last year? 
I'm not Njoku, it's Hoopers. Njoku Hoopers, Jesus. I thought you were going to say Njoku is our number one um, tight end at one stage. But no, um, for me, it was a bit of a strange one. And it goes all the way back to fantasy football. And there was a few people like, yeah, he's my tight end. And, you know, I was expecting us, you know, being a mild fantasy football player that he would have been a top five tight end. The way that the Browns fans and the contract and everything looked. So I think my expectations were kind of dampened during fantasy football, actually, that there's some leagues of 12, I don't know, 12, 14 people and they're not picking in, they're not picking Hooper at all. And I'm like, but, oh yeah, I thought he's like a top three contract. So why, why, why aren't people picking him, you know? So, yeah, it's one of them weird ones where people see two tight end system and they naturally go to their head, Gronk and Hernandez, obviously we saw it in New England, but most of the time it's not actually epic production from these tight ends. It's almost the, um, Schemes a bit like where you've got Kelsey, Kittle, uh, you've got Waller, where it's that one tight end out there so that the opportunity is not getting split between two, three guys. But then you've got that speed down the outside, which can really stretch the field for this sort of monster in the middle. Because as we saw when we played the Chiefs, if you're having to take care of McCall Hardman and Tyreek Hill, that, that allows for that one tight end in the middle of the field just to go mad. Um, and, and that's effectively what, if you were looking for a fantasy football aspect, is there. Obviously, not everything's judged by fantasy football, but just from that sort of production, I don't think you're ever going to see crazy numbers from a tight end in a two-tight end system, but that, that's perfectly fine. He, he can still be incredibly efficient and beneficial to this offense without being a, uh, a fantasy weapon. Yeah, and I think, you know, at the start of the year, we were going in saying, and Duke is going to be traded. Uh, Bryant's are, you know, had a great camp. You know, he's had the best camp we've seen from a rookie tight end for years. And, you know, was I blown away by the tight end room during the during the season? I was expecting more, I've got to be honest. Now looking back, obviously there were some touchdowns, some great moments. But yeah, I thought we, we were going to have basically... Um, Kelsey, basically. I thought that, you know, we've got a weapon like Gronk or Kelsey that, you know, we're paying for it and we're going to get that. And it wasn't the case. Yeah, I, I would have I would have happily bet that it has still been a sort of a top 10 tight end um, and really performed at a lot higher level. So that was certainly a surprise. Um, if we just look at where Hooper's contract is, so um, ignore almost the way the cap numbers are written. It was a heavily backloaded deal with lots of guaranteed money push further down um so the cap hits in the first two years are really low but if we look at it this way that if you take his salary the first couple of years the signing bonus in there the option bonus and any dead cap left after the second year you've effectively got a 23 million over two-year deal so we're paying him 11 and a half million first two years and then year three and year four we've basically got a nine and a half million option bonus each of those two years where we can go actually if we want him back for a third year, we can pay an extra nine and a half. If we want him back for fourth year, we can pay nine and a half. Um, but that sort of 23 over two is already paid. Um, even though if you moved on from after that second year, it's 11.2 in dead cap. Don't worry about the 11.25 in dead cap. That's effectively balanced out by the having two ridiculously cheap years um, on his contract. 
but it's a buy now, pay later. Basically, we took out a, a payday loan on a Hooper to push that money into the future, which is sensible. You've got COVID, you've got other stuff. So rather than front load it, back load them guarantees. Um, and it doesn't matter if you sat there with a dead cap in the future because it's all the same money at the end of the day. It doesn't matter if it lands on your books in the 2020 season, the 2021 season, or potentially it's dead cap in 2023. The interesting debate you then get into, which we'll touch on next, is after this season, you might go, hey, Hooper, we signed him to a big tight end deal. He's just been above average, and we're not saying he's a bad player, but for what he's getting paid, you want better than he produced last year. And then you might go, actually, it's time to walk away. So that's where we get on to. What's in room number two, Paul? We've got an option here. The first name out of the hat is David Njoku, a player that I have absolutely loved from day one. Um, you've heard me banging on about him. Paul's had to put up with it. Um, yeah, I, I think Njoku is an absolute freak. Really, really big guy. But while they almost have this really interesting option. So you've got option one. Keep David Njoku on the roster for one more year. Let him hit free agency. Hopefully get a comp pick. We've got option two. We keep him on the roster for a year. And then we decide, hey, let's either keep Njoku and extend him or we and cut Hooper. Because you're not going to have both on the same roster. As we spoke about a uh, couple of weeks ago with sort of you can't pay really more than five veterans on big deals post Baker. So you're going to choose between A and B. But that's a realistic choice. If, if Njoku, which is slightly outplayed Hooper last year, but especially down the stretch, maybe he becomes the guy that we always hoped to be. He's still a child anyway. Um, he came into the league so young. You've got the third option, which is do you trade Njoku now? And we're not talking trading for picks. You find another player out there, potentially a Michael Gallup um, with the Cowboys, who's also in his final year, not going to get re-signed, and go, look, you need a tight end. We need another wide receiver. Let's just do a swap because if Gallup hits, then you can go, actually, we're going to extend Gallup. If Njoku hits for the Cowboys, they go, actually, we're going to extend Njoku. So it's one that can work for both sides. Uh, that is a potential deal. So they're sort of the three options they could get. Um, and then, yeah, to replace Njoku, there's plenty of free agents just to throw some out there. Mikel McCall. Uh, Nicole Pruitt, Jordan Reed, Richard Rogers, Daryl Daniels, Jeremy Sprinkle. They can easily go out there and grab someone. But there's three interesting ideas. Obviously, they can move on early and chase someone like Gallup or potentially the other two is keep them for a year and then decide, hey, you go a free agent or actually we're going to keep you and move on Hooper, which uh, gives it's, it's lots of nice choices, I would say. Just to be clear, next season... We can both comfortably have both tight ends. We've obviously got the two years out of Hooper, the last year out of Njuku, and then we have to make a decision. So it's a bit like Chubb and Hunt, really, because, you know, next year we got Hunt and Chubb playing out their contracts and then also Njuku and uh, Hooper. So a lot can change at the end of next season. Where we are now, it, more than likely we'll probably keep both of them unless a good trade option comes in. Yeah, I think the natural position is you keep them. Um, it's why he wasn't on my lock list and people are, like, oh, well, why is he not on your lock list? And it was like, well, even though it's sort of, I'd say a good 85% chance he's on the roster next year, 
Um, at 6 million, if they can go and get a Michael Gallup, even if it takes their fifth, David Njoku and a fifth for Michael Gallup, I, I would take that for one year because if he hits, then it, you're in a really, really nice, advantageous position. So it's one that there's gambles out there that you can go and sort of do. And they've always said they'll be aggressive. They, they know that there's no long-term future for both tight ends here. And it, it also depends how they feel about him. But if they think... Njoku's never going to be the guy we want to build a tight end room around. We're scared about health. We're scared about whatever it is. And we, we don't see all the stuff behind the scenes. Then they maybe make the move this year. But I think, yeah, the route is you keep Njoku. You have two really good options. And then maybe the, maybe the best man win. Here's a question for you. Do you think we have one of them two on our roster uh, next year? Yeah, I, I feel really confident that at least one of those two is going to hang around. Um, okay, we have got Brian who yeah. could step up. Just because they want they want three tight ends. So if they want three tight ends that they they feel comfortable putting out there for sort of a third of the snaps across the season, then you've got to keep one of those two bigger names. Brian obviously steps up, I would say, next year which we'll touch on Bryant next, um, up to your tight end two. Whoever you end up keeping his time on, Bryant hopefully has a, another good year and makes some real strides forward, becomes your tight end two. And then you're looking for, hey, let's bring in tight end three. Maybe it's a free agent for one year while we draft a guy because tight ends is one of them sort of unique positions in the NFL that you basically have to write off the first year. Just hope they come in and they're okay. They're sort of just below league average. And then we'll see more in year two. So, um, no, it's uh, Bryant's an important part of the future. But yeah, it's Njoku or Hooper in 2022. Um, yeah, I, I think they, they allow just the open battle and just being, hey, let's see what happens. And if you're going to get more space in the middle, David Njoku is a much better athlete than Hooper is. Um, if you give him the ball and you give him space to run, he can make stuff happen because he is a mobile, mobile guy. One question. Um, Stephen uh, Carlson, what's his situation at the moment, contract-wise? Hold on. That's, that's in the discussion for tight end. Four. Let, let's touch on tight end three. Oh, sorry, man. I'm getting too excited. Too excited. So, tight end three is Harrison Bryant, um, who... It was an okay rookie season. He finished 40th out of 48 tight ends for PFF. Um, but he was only one of two rookies that played enough snaps to get into that 48. So that that's sort of the positive sign. It wasn't a great tight end class. Um, but he he's definitely was the best of the bunch in year one, which is uh, it's good to see. Um, but I'm excited about his growth. So behind that, Tight end four is, is sort of a weird role on the roster. It's more of a special teams role. You're not really there to produce um, on the offense. You won't get that many snaps unless there's an injury. But if they can get someone that they could potentially stash, almost similar to a Donovan Peoples-Jones and wide receiver room of going, look, you're not quite ready to play yet, but let's stash you, play a little bit of specials, and then we're really confident you can grow. And that'd be the ideal. It, when your roster gets really, really loaded, you bring in someone like Harrison Bryant and you go, look, we're really excited about you. We're going to stash you at tight end four. And people think, whoa, Harrison Bryant's better than that. But that's the, the joys of having a really talented roster that you can go, actually, 
Harrison Bryant, you're a good player. You've got a lot of upside. You're going to come in as a number four. Don't worry about playing. You can then develop and then suddenly you're turning around and you might be saying to a, a uh, Austin Hooper style player and go, mm, you're, you're on nine and a half million. You're going to be gone next year and we're, we're going to promote a Stefan Carlson or a Harrison Bryant, someone that's really, really impressed from that deeper spot that they see playing in training. We probably never get to see on the field. So Carlson is definitely has a good chance of coming back if they're looking just for the special teams aspect. Carlson, he's not really going to be... I, I can't see a route of him playing a starting or rotational spot for the Browns in the NFL. He is a really, really good special team. And don't get me wrong. He's one of our five stars um, in the special teams. So he's certainly got an option there. I can't see them going the free agent route. I think it just comes down to the draft. If someone they really like, um, I'd say round three onwards, they could certainly draft a tight end. And people are thinking, oh, we've got loads of people. Why would we draft a tight end in the third round? Because as we said, if you can draft someone in the third round, stash them in there as number four. When you get rid of Njoku or Hooper next year and you extend, keep the other one, Bryant steps up to two. That third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round pick, maybe a UDFA steps up to number three. You then just need to replace a number four. You've got two guys that are really good on rookie deals. One veteran you're paying. That's where the room sort of got to be. So there's a route for Carlson not making the roster. Even though we like Carlson, it's a great special teamer. If you can get someone that they really like, falls to them, third, fourth, fifth, I think they pull the trigger still. You, you, you keep saying this, Jack, like just take the pick at that stage, but surely we've got bigger worries than... I, I know that we've changed from the old Browns mentality of, you know, we need players, we need players, but surely, mate, come on, we we can forget about drafting a Titan this year. There's, there's so many more needs. Or do you disagree? I would say once you get to sort of the round four onwards. We've got two thirds and two fours, haven't we? I've definitely got two thirds. I think we might have two fours. I died, honestly. I haven't looked that deep. Once it gets past uh, day two, I, I'm, I've, I've got my feet up, sitting there enjoying the coverage. Ready for the best day of the draft, day three. And then all the undrafted all free about, agents come in. Yeah, it's all about when the draft ends that I get excited. Phone's going off from you. Um, you're absolutely buzzing. But it, So the reason why you might go, hey, round four, let's take a... Um, let's take a tight end, say, that they really like rather than there's a cornerback that they're like, nah, he might be okay. Because what you're going to do in free agency and your team, see teams do it, they'll use free agency to fill needs. And so they might bring in a slot corner. They might end up bringing in an edge. Um, they might bring in a safety. So you might see all three of them added, probably even a corner as well um, in free agency. And then the draft, they're just going to draft talent. So in those day one, day two, you can sort of really use them to fill in players that are going to be impact. Because look at Jordan Phillips, third round pick. Yeah, he was like, yeah, not great in his first year. There's some room, that, there's certainly some positives there. But you've just got to take the best guy that you like. And it, if you like someone like Harrison Bryant, you take him. Um, 
if the option's there and you see the value, just draft that guy because over 60% of first round picks don't make it to a second deal. So I don't even know what it's like when you're looking down into sort of round six, seven, four, five, everything down there. If you think someone's got a chance of hanging around and being good, just draft them. Um, so yeah, I'm one of these people that obviously, yeah, be a bit more careful with what you're doing first, second and sort of thirds. But when you're getting around that pick hundred plus, if they like someone draft the talent and we'll make it work because you, you can add people by trade. You can add people in free agency. So will the roster is going to be good enough by the time uh, we get to the draft that they shouldn't be drafting for need anywhere. Obviously by all means draft to improve. I'm saying, yeah, three of those four day one, day two picks are probably going to be defense and rightly so. But yeah, after that, just grab the best guys. And I, I want to be there sitting there with our roster going, look, we've got 20 awesome young promising players. None of them are going to start this year. And that's great because they're guys that they're going to step up next year. They're, they're going to continue. And when we're sitting there going, oh yeah, we, we lost Olivier Vernon, but we've got a day three draft pick. We've got... um Port Augustine, we've got Weaver all there to step up during the season, next season, that we're seeing a lot more promise than we have in the past. Because in the past, if you were a fifth-round draft pick, fans wanted you to start day one. And we're not going to be drafting that way in the future. We might draft some players that aren't as good to start day one, but have a much bigger future upside. We can coach them up for a whole year, stash them on the roster. They play a bit of specials. And uh, next, in a couple of years' time, people are like, oh, how did they get this guy in the fifth round? He's like one of the top five tight ends in the league. It's certainly possible. Uh, what about anyone else in the tight end room? So, yeah, I've, I've got no real care for Jordan Franks, Kyle oh, Markway. Hey. Um, if, if they're keeping someone on the roster for tight end four, it's Carlson. Um, yeah, I've, I've I've got no interest in either of them chaps. Sorry, Paul. Makes me sick. Hey, Imagine uh, the... special teams Carlson for the win. He, he, I'm sure he was a UDFA, so we'll cheer for Carlson. He was, mate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Princeton, I think. Yeah. Ooh. And um, yeah, it's a shame that we lost Pete Brown from the tight end room. Came back to haunt us with a touchdown. Literally, if if you went to the Browns, there's one thing you're guaranteed in life: a job with the Texans. <laughs> uh, crazy, eh? Um, anything else you want to discuss on the tight end room? No, it's not too much. It's just yeah. It, it, we I've saw got one of... more question for you. Go on. Um, at the moment, how big is our tight end room? Um. Can... Ideally, like, so if you're an idealist uh, cap space guy, like, how big is our tight end room at the moment? Is it perfect? Is it a little bit too big On a, from a salary point of view? So from a salary point of view, it's perfectly fine. Um, you long term, unless you get an absolute star, you don't want to be paying as much on a tight end as um, Hooper is. But that's perfectly fine at the minute because you haven't got Baker's contract. Um, and Hooper will be basically gone by the time that lands on the books. So you want to pay a tight end, but 
especially in a two tight end system, but slightly cheaper. In theory, if you're talking sort of on 2020 money, obviously we were actually talking a couple of years down the line, six to 9 million is sort of the range. You want that one tight end to be um, not on the big bucks, um, but that's fine. I think if you extend in Joker after the season, you can easily get a, a deal done in that range. Um, and then, yeah, you just move on from Hooper, but if Hooper stays, you, you can probably time down cheaper than that. Um, but no, they, they've got lots of different options. Um, and yeah, they, there's going to be sort of savings, but pretty much it's your one tight end on a veteran deal, your two uh, rookies or rookie deals, and then your one sort of UDFA, wherever you found them as a fourth tight end that is just there to do a bit of specials. Great. And uh, so let's be honest. Let's be honest. We're quite confident about the tight end room going forward for the next couple of years. Yeah. So I, I, I think it's it's a really really good room that there's nothing to worry about here. Um, it's just a case of may may the best man win between Njoku and uh, Hooper this year, and we'll extend one. There's very little chance of both being on there long term, but that's fine. You you can't pay everyone. Um, obviously there's a couple of people saying, Hey, go really, really cheap at wide receiver. And then you, you can pay two tight ends, but I would much rather pay 5 million to Higgins than, um, or your wide receiver two. Then suddenly you're like, actually let's give six, seven, eight million to Injoku. Um, I like Injoku, but that that's more where I, I would rather pay a wide receiver two that's actually going to be out there on the field on 90% of snaps then the tight end two in this system, they might play 50% of snaps at max. Um, I, yeah, if I've got five veterans on offense, pay them one that pays, plays 50% of snaps, that is a waste of money. And uh, Jack, Brown's news at the moment, we did not trade for Stafford and the, uh, and the Rams did. So uh, what's your quick view on that deal, mate? Yeah, so obviously the the reported compensation is a third, a first, and a first. Um, that wasn't really what they gave up for Stafford. They gave up a sort of a, a third and a future first for Stafford. They had to give up another first just to get rid of Jared Goff's horrible contract. And when I've been talking about in the past, hey, you don't unless you're sure you don't want to pay these guys, this is exactly the stuff I'm talking about. They had to give up a first round pick just to get rid of Jared Goff. Um, so you remember the Osweiler trade? We don't want to be in that bracket because these rookies are getting so much money when they sign their first contract, a, a quarterback, um, after that rookie deal, that it's risky. And Jared Goff is yet to play a snap on that extension. So they've paid him $80 million, uh, across his first four years of playing plus the extension they've paid him before he's even played a snap on it. Sorry, $80 million across the first five. And then they've got all of that. I think they've got another 22 on dead cap on top of it. So $102 million and given up a first round pick just to get rid of him when they could have said, hey, let's play out the five years and see what happens. So it's it, this is the other side of that debate on do you pay Baker, do you not? If he's willing to take the cap reduced deal due to COVID where you can pay him, I think it was $136 million over four years, get it done if he wants 
the big bucks and say, hey, there's a TV deal. The cap could be 250 million in two years time. I'm going, hey, you show me that, what you showed in the sort of week seven onwards, one more year, and then we'll talk about money. Because yeah, the cost of that mistake can be massive for a franchise. If you're having to give up first round picks to get rid of a player that you just paid 100 million to, that's, that's bad business. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm interested to see how the deal pans out. Obviously, we saw uh, we see these trades all the time. Uh, but, yeah, it's always good to uh, review it every year. You know, for many years, we had the Wentz trade. You know, the Browns fans talking about the Wentz trade. Um, we can now safely say that the Browns did well out of the Wentz trade. Is that correct? Yeah, I don't think there's any of the trade backs that Browns fans can now sort of regret. Obviously, the one of, hey, Deshaun Watson's amazing. But at the same time, we saw last year, what happens if Deshaun Watson's on a bad roster? And be under no mistake, if the Browns would have drafted Watson, it was coming to a really bad roster. So they went 4-12. and 12. So the fact that we didn't draft Watson, waited and kept waiting till we had a good roster, and it was never perfect when we drafted Baker, but there was a lot of talent on it, and we've been able to add more talent um, we're in this position because we traded back. And um, we've seen the Dolphins. They had a much better coaching staff than we did with Hugh. Quickly turned it around, even though they're effectively doing the same thing. It wouldn't surprise me if the Texans follow suit, ditch Watson, amass them draft picks. I think it's pretty obvious the Lions might go that route. They might trade up and grab a QB this year. But um, no, very much tanking and sort of rebuilding because... If you can sustain a six-year window now with Baker Mayfield, that is a really, really promising thing. And that is what Sashi died for, um, to build a six-year window. It's not when people talk, let's go all out for two years. Why would you go all out where you've got bloody Patrick Mahomes there? Let's have a six-year window at least and see what we can do. All right, cool. Uh, Anything else you to discuss in the NFL world at the moment? No, I think um, looking forward to next weekend. It's going to be a, a somber weekend because it's the last NFL until September. But um, no, it, exciting times. Um, Want to get stuck in. Um, I'll be eating loads of food. But we've got another couple of podcasts until then. Excellent. What position are we doing next? Next, we've got offensive tackles on Wednesday. And then we've got interior line on Friday. So we're going to be finishing off the offense over the next two shows. Obviously, the articles are on thedogland.com. Make sure you go over there and read them. There's more content in the articles. Um, But no, the whole series is there. So you can go all the way back to the start and check it out. Um, I've really enjoyed writing them. Loads of great stuff. There is some saucy stuff coming on defense. Um, I've been spending some money. And uh, you guys know I don't like spending money. Pardon? Spending a few few pennies in uh, free seat, uh, in uh, on some free agents. Oh yes, and uh, I I'm yet to still put pen to it, ink to pen, ink to paper, ink to paper on the safety room, and uh, I am certainly up for throwing around some money. And I've even said let's spend a little extra in the linebacker room. Jack, we need to have a chat, okay? The cap um, rollover is like a savings account, okay? You don't just spend it straight away, mate, okay? It is like a savings account. Once you use it, 
it goes. I've got, I've, I've found a place where we can save some money. It's basically called... you're going to sign three safeties for one and a half million each. I know you, Jack. I wouldn't mind Malik Hooker for two million, <laughs> but uh, I, I'm actually up for spending some serious money on a, a safety. Um, but we'll, we'll chat about that later. And obviously, we, we've got a uh, unathletic chap who plays wide receiver and uh, likes uh, chatting about contagious viruses um, where we could potentially save a little bit of money. Excellent. All right, Jack, great catching up with you. Tight end room is safe. I can now sleep tonight. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, hopefully some Browns news. I'm actually going to go and watch Building the Browns now on YouTube. Enjoy. Go Browns. Go Browns. Go Browns.